Brian. Terry Hayfield Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901, and you put a 225 in front of that, which is the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We sure wish we would. Always love hearing from you, wherever you may be. If you're in Baton Rouge or you're in Boston or Bangor, Maine. There you go. <laughs> anywhere else in the street, Bakersfield, California. <laughs> <laughs> you just call. I'll be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. You just got to comment on the show or anything else on your mind. You there you go. Talk. And should you happen to miss your prime opportunity to get your questions answered live this morning, you can always go to our website, which is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. You click the button, and a little form is going to pop up. Fill it out with all the information we need and send it in. There you go. Couldn't be any easier than that. You had a friend of mine in New Orleans. He said, well, how can I listen live to the show? I said, uh-huh. well, you can go to iHeartRadio, and it's 107.3 FM. Talk 107.3 FM is the name of the station that records our show of course right. we take it and put it on the podcast and you can get it from itunes or stitcher or yeah, those, podcast podbean those are actually a week old yeah you will hear last week's show because it takes me about a week to get it all edited and uploaded, uploaded. to the server and one yeah. thing or another and technically that is a better feed because oh yeah it's got all the us and i's cut out of it and it's got all the commercials cut out of it well that's even <laughs> better if you do want to hear it live you can go to iHeart and yep. uh, go to 107.3 FM and you can listen to us live. And the show airs at 10 a.m. either Central Standard or Central Daylight, depending right. on what mode we happen to be in time. And every Saturday, so that's consistent. So but uh, you have just to make, make the adjustment for your time zone. Well, yeah. If you, you know, if you're on the East Coast, you just have to add an hour to it. If right. you're on the West Coast, I guess you got to get up real early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, you can do that, and that way you can hear a live feed. And, yeah, we always enjoy hearing from people. Sure. See what, sure. You, got, see what you got going on, what's on your mind. And some of the things that happen in South Louisiana don't necessarily happen in South Dakota. Well, a lot of things happen in South Louisiana. <laughs> don't happen anywhere in the world. <laughs> this is definitely a unique culture. It really is. You know, it, and I like it. I mean, I think it's a, a unique and wonderful culture. Well, and, and we both grew up in it. Well, that's right. That's right. Right Right. Just right in the mid- smack in the middle of it. Step, so. step right in it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us a call. We'll try, we'll try to help you out and point you in the right direction. And for today, like every week, we have a general topic. Sure. But you're never limited to that exact topic. Not at all. If you have a question on anything automotive related, just give us a call and we'll be happy to, to try to answer your question for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if we happen to be talking about like last week, we had a couple of calls on breaks sure. and stuff, but I mean, if you have a transmission question, that's fine. Just give us a call. It doesn't matter. You're not limited to whatever we happen to be discussing. Yeah. I see we got a phone call. Is it Amish? Hey, Amish is uh, Amish, okay. from Brownsburg, Indiana. How's oh, how you doing, man? Oh, good hey. morning. Good, good to hear from you. Good morning. I'm all right. I am the guy never knew how to change or check the oil. Now I do a timing build. Thanks oh. to you guys. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Hey, I have a 2012 uh, Toyota Sienna all-wheel drive. Okay. Uh, it comes up to almost 80,000 miles. Mm-hmm. What sort of maintenance I should do to keep it going? Well, there's a number of things, depending greatly, Amish, on what has been done already. Some things may have already been done, but what I would be looking at, being a 2012, it's, it's eight years old, and the years right. are probably worse than the miles. 80,000 miles is fairly low miles, but at very least, the coolant, which is, you may say antifreeze, but the technical word is coolant, needs to be replaced right. if it hasn't been already. 
the transmission should be serviced. And I would uh, look at a proper service, not a flush of any kind. That's where you want to drop the pan, replace the fluid, replace the filter. The power steering fluid should probably be looked at and, and replaced because that's relatively inexpensive. Brake fluid? This one has an electric one. Uh, okay, okay, you got electric Good. power steering. You don't have to worry yeah. about that one. Good. The, the, brake, the brake fluid, if it has yeah. not been done, should be okay. done. Any other things you can think of off the top of your head, Brian? Filter and the air, air filter, filters. cabin filter. Kind of get overlooked a lot. It has a cabin filter. It does filter. have a front differential and rear differentials as well. Okay, yeah. If it's an all-wheel drive, the front and rear diffs could definitely tend to be... And there may be a transfer case, which I'm, is separate. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on up. that one. A lot of the transfer cases are part of the transmission. So, so the transmission fluid lubricates right. it. The thing is, the Toyota only makes the big uh, gallons of that viscosity 75 something and honda makes the same fluid but they sell it in the court side yes. so i can uh, use the you're honda, talking, uh, 75 w90 the, the gear off uh-huh. for the differentials yeah uh-huh yeah you could use that you can also use like the mobile one 75 okay. w90 is good we've used that quite a bit it meets all the standards if, the in fact, if you look on the five yeah, G- GL5. GL5 is your, your standard, but there's some other ones on there, and, and that'll meet that. We use basically the Mobile One products on just about uh-huh. everything that they're applicable to because right. it, it's just a really good product. But And uh, it's readily available. Readily available. You can yeah. get it just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I have one more vehicle, if you can. Sure, you bet. Uh, I have a 2003 Lexus ES330, okay. which has about 240,000 miles. Mm-hmm. I Keep up uh, everything as I talk to you guys, uh, listen to you guys every week, and keep up all the fluid fresh mm-hmm. and everything. But lately, I have an issue. Like when I'm going incline, taking a left or right turn, it makes kind of click noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be like I cannot put a point on it. I swept, swept out the sway bar links. And, well, uh, put if, if it's suspension. a click, like a cack, 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 kind of a loud, rip, repetitive click. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The most common thing on that is going to be the outer CV joint. Okay. The, the boot may have busted, may or may not have busted, but look and see. And what it'll do is it'll sling the grease out, and when it does... It wears that joint, and those balls in that joint, as they roll, there's a, a dip that's worn into the thing, and you get that clack, 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 clack. Now, on the repair for that, you have basically two different choices. Number one, go back to Lexus and see if they offer a remanufactured joint for it, because a okay. new joint from Lexus is going to be ungodly expensive. Right. But they do, in many cases, offer a remanufactured joint, which are pretty reasonable. Otherwise, right. look on the aftermarket, and there's some companies that remanufacture those axles, which are pretty good. Now you can. What you? I gonna, have a company here, like 20 years, of mama papa store, like Rack and Pinion Shop. They mm-hmm. do a pretty good job. I, I I've been told. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, just if if they can rebuild the joint you have, then you'll be okay. good. What you do not want is one of those new axles from a parts store or off the internet. They well, call so it new, the Chinese knockoffs. They call it that is exactly. absolute trash. They're, I mean, I've put we, people we, bring we've them tried to them. Us, yeah, you can put three in there and not get one that'll work. I mean, they are absolute right. trash. So rebuilt is at least an original Lexus part that someone has reconditioned and it's good. But new, if it says new aftermarket, do not make yeah. that mistake, man. You'll be putting up with problems from now on. Sure, and uh, in my case, like there is no leak of grease or the boot is still good, but looks like it might be the joint inside is going. The joint could have failed at that many miles. The joint yeah. could have failed, and you know, at some point in time, the boot may have that. Uh, ruptured and someone replaced it but the damage right. was already done maybe some grip got into the grease and it, it's impossible right. to clean it all out and it just you know now it's now you're paying the price but yeah we get that a lot of times where someone's replaced the boots the boots look fine but the joints worn out and it 
maybe a hundred thousand miles ago, somebody had replaced right. the boot, but they didn't get. And out I should replace both sides, right? The CV axle as the noise comes from the both. If hands. it does it turning either way, then it's probably going to be both of them. Yes. Okay. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your help, and uh, thank you for all your uh, information and, well, and good tips. Well, thank you, you very well, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If he can call from Indiana, you can sure call from Baton Rouge. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, that is a thing that we see occasionally where the boots are not busted, uh-huh. but the joints are worn out. And technically, I guess a joint could just wear out even though the boot's not busted. But moreover, what happens is that the boot burst maybe at around 100,000 miles, and someone went in, cleaned it up the best they could, put a new boot on it, and right, we, we see that, yeah. that sometimes the they've stopped the grease going, coming out, but the joint is still, the well, damage was already there. The damage was already there, or grit and grime got into the joint, and now it's just sealed in with the new boot. And you know, I have seen those little clamps, They'll the rubber will deteriorate, and mm-hmm. the clamp will get loose, and the boot will get loose on the axle, mm-hmm. and it'll throw just a little bit of grease yeah. out. Well, if the grease is coming out, that means water and debris is going in. Correct. So, you know, it may not be slinging grease everywhere. It may not be a. It may a, not be a, a catastrophic failure. Correct. It may be a slow leak, or it may be a leak where it's allowing water to in. intrude back in. Sure. And like we talked about last week with the wheel bearings, when water gets into any lubricated part, it's a matter of time. Sure. Because the lubricant is going to have dispersant in it, which is going to try to absorb the water, and it can absorb a small amount. Only so much. But and yeah. then after that, it starts emulsifying the grease. The grease quits working like it's supposed to, quits lubricating. And therefore, you start getting a dry joint and dry well, and that rotating. Ru- rust starts to form. Sure. Anything so, rotating that's dry is going to eventually fail. Well, that's correct. That's correct. So, yeah, it's once water gets into anything, and whether it's a transmission, a differential, or whatever. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, it's not a matter of will it fail. It's, it's a matter of when it's going to fail. Sure, exactly. <laughs> So we're going to take a quick little old break, and we'll be right back with a whole lot more. Chris, Jeff, you guys hang on. You'll be straight up after this break. If you ever plan to move west. Linda, I've been so tense lately. Can you recommend a masseuse? Oh, have I got a massage guy. Johan Thundercloud. He's Swedish Native American who uses classic deep tissue massage with natural healing methods. That sounds interesting. His deep tissue green pine cone massage is amazing. Along with the piercing eagle claw technique. Working your muscles with a rhythmic screech. When you hear that, you know it's working. I bet. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, check out the team at Agco Automotive. We keep it simple with high-quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And don't forget about Agco's general inspection, an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so your car will perform for the long term. One thing, though. Do you bleed easily? What? Johan will want to know. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. This joins the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. And if you want to give us a call, it's 291-6901. We'd sure love to hear from you. we got all our lines lit up. Let's go to the line with Chris. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Louis. I'm looking to buy a car. It okay. not necessarily have to be new, but what I want is the automatic braking, lane correction, mm-hmm. all that stuff. 
Okay. My, I'm getting older, and my reflexes are not that great. Now, uh-huh. if you make making like the top three or four ad that not only is good but also has overall uh, lower cost. Yeah. What so, what kind and size of a car are you looking for? It's probably going to be uh, maybe the size of a Camry or a small SUV. Yeah. So a, a smallish car. I tell you what, Chris. I sound like a broken record, but I would not really look at anything but either a Toyota or a Honda or one of mm-hmm. their Associates, sister cars right. like uh, Lexus, Lexus or, or Acura right, right, right. or basically the right. same thing. You know, a Lexus is just a Toyota on steroids and, and the same thing with a, with an Acura. Just got more uh, bells and whistles. More bells and whistles. It's really not a better car. It's just a little fancier car. It has better interior. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would look at those cars. I've got a 2018 Camry, Camry, and it's got Mm -hmm. every feature that you're talking about. Now, some of those I find okay. Some of them are actually annoying to me. And what I like about the Toyotas, you can turn them off if if you do get to where it bugs you. You know, oh. whereas a lot of cars you can't. You you it's there and you got it because you what, you, what yeah. What I find like if, if you start to change lanes, you have to put your turn signal on, which is probably a really good idea anyway. But if you don't, then it's going to kind of pull back against you. It will let you do it, but it kind of pulls back against you, which I find annoying if I just want to mm-hmm. change lanes. So I just turned it off on mine and. You know, I still left the other stuff. It's got the little warning thing in your rearview mirror where someone's on the side of your blind spot. I find that very, very handy. And some of the other features. But, yeah, anything from about 17, 17, 18 18 on up, it's going to be hard to find a car that doesn't have all that. So you're going to pretty much have more features than you'll even know how to operate. But as far as overall lowest cost, I have just found, and and like I said, believe me, I don't have any stock in Toyota. I don't have any stock in Honda. I don't get a commission on them. But those are the cars that we see the, the lowest cost on. Yeah, we'll have a lady will have a Camry. Her husband will have, say, a Tahoe. And I look at both their files, and the amount of money he spends is like three times what she spent. <laughs> you know, over the same number <laughs> right. of miles. So, right. <laughs> uh, you know, those are the ones that I would recommend. Now, you will spend a little bit more money going in than you would with some of the other brands. But you get right. it back when you sell it because those cars have huge resale values. Right, and I've never been in a car with automatic braking. Mm-hmm. Does it work like a It works very, very well. <laughs> yeah, it, what it does, it, as you start to get close to an object, it looks at the speed you're traveling, and it looks at the distance, and it knows how fast you can stop in that distance at normal. So okay. if it says, hey, this is not a big red light is going to flash on, it says brake, and then it'll actually apply the brakes. Okay, what it, I want. Yeah, it, it, it's... I guess a pretty convenient thing. I don't really use it a whole lot, although it's there. Safety feature, you can't turn that off, but right. uh, it is a nice feature. And like I said, it, it's it's all there. And really, I got to say, we haven't seen a lot of trouble with them yet. The only trouble you're really going to have with that is if you bump the front of the car into something and you mess the cameras up. It's right. a it's yeah, a great big deal. It's a great big yeah. deal to have that realigned. Yeah, minor okay. things become a bigger thing. Right. Uh, like the windshield, for instance, in those cars has the forward-facing camera. So a right. windshield may be $700. Instead of yeah. the, the old $200, $300 windshields. Well, but, and, and there's still some two $300 windshields out there, but what we have found is the cheap windshields do not let the camera operate correctly. Correct. So you end up spending that 300 uh, then you got to take it out and put a $700 windshield, correct in, windshield work, back right. in it so <laughs> to get it to so all work right. right the first time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, I mean, you don't break a windshield every day, obviously, but it's just one of those things you got to kind of keep in mind. But, yeah, if you like the features and that, but, yeah, I would try to get something – 
a couple of three years old if you can, just because you're going to pay probably about half the price that you would mm-hmm. for a new one. And it's not yeah. hurt at all. You know, and, at, and at two right, or three years old, those cars are still like brand new. Yeah, and right and now. that's what I'd really like to do, yeah. Right mm-hmm. now, the three-year-old cars still have the same features as the, as the newer cars do. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the features haven't changed as much right. in the last two or three years. Okay. So you, like Lewis was saying, you'd be better. Yeah, get something know, coming off something. the lease or something like that. Sure. There's a lot of those hitting the market for different reasons, and and that would be by far your lower cost. Okay. Well, All thank right. you so much for your help. All right, Chris, thanks for calling. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, back to the phone lines with Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Yes, got a uh, 2014 Honda Civic. Uh huh. And my, well, my daughter does, and she called me yesterday that uh, tire light was on, uh-huh. tire pressure. Yes, sir. And I checked the tire pressure for her and set them all to 32. They were, some one had 28. Reset the reset calibrated the, mm-hmm. the system. Mm-hmm. And she went back to school when she called me last night. He said the light's back on. Okay. I mean, it's, yesterday when I checked the tires, none of them were extremely low. Right. It would cause the light to come on. What, what else could it be? Well, most of the time, there's a sensor inside the tires on most vehicles that's got a battery in it. Now, this uh-huh. this car is 2014, so that sensor is six years old. You're getting close to the end of your battery life. Okay. And what happens, as the batteries start to get weak, they'll start intermittently throwing the lights on. As the battery okay. dies completely, the light comes on completely. Uh-huh. If, if you like that system and you like the way it operates and all that, you just have to replace the little transmitters. If you find the system... Like me personally, I probably wouldn't spend the money to get it fixed just because it, okay. you're talking about a hundred bucks a wheel to change the sensor uh-huh. out. So, you know, four or five hundred dollar deal. But again, if my daughter was in it, I might, you know, uh-huh. me personally, I got a gauge and I go around and check my tires every so often and I kind of take a look at them every so often. So it's not a big deal to me, but to other people it is. But okay. that is by far the most common thing that caused um, it. I mean, she could have picked up a nail going back it's and possible. have another low tire. Yeah. So, you, so without yeah. checking the air pressure now, yeah, we we right. jump to we the don't conclusion. Because yeah, she could technically right. have put up a picked up a nail on the way, and you know now she does have a low tire. So definitely yeah, well, check them first. I, but that's uh, what I showed her before she left how to check the tire pressure. I checked the tire. She said they seem to be okay. I yeah. Said, well. It's got to be one of those sensors then, okay. Yeah, most likely. Is, that, is there any way to turn that off on those cars? No, no, you That's cannot. government mandated. You cannot turn <laughs> yeah, that system off. Uh, in fact, it's a $10,000 okay. fine to do anything to other cause that okay. not to operate right. other than repair it. Okay. So. Okay, so she just have to recalibrate it so whatever. Yeah, I mean, or, or get I mean the she, she can just put up with light until she can get something yeah. done. Now, I tell you, Jeff, just a little tip is that when you are ready to get this done, if, she, if you can wait until she needs tires anyway, when you got tires just, broken down, it's real easy to change those sensors. Sure, but yeah, see, if you go in now, you, just about two months ago. Yeah, <laughs> if you go in and you got to break down all the tires, rebalance all the tires, it becomes a bigger deal. Yeah, you know, she, okay. she can put up with it until she needs tires. That would be the time to do it. And really, I would change all four of them because if one's bad, I can tell you within six yeah. months, and those going on, they're all the same months. age. Yeah, we, yeah, oh, yeah. Gotta, I'm going to change all four of them. Yeah, we got to. I didn't uh, think it out. I didn't think of that when I had the tires changed too much yeah, yeah. ago. So. We got a tool we can go in and read and, and, and get battery life remaining on a lot of them. I don't know if that one supports uh-huh. that, but the ones that do, I can just pass on the outside uh, wheel with this tool, and it'll tell me how much battery life's remaining. If I send her by there, by how long could you do that, like while she was there, to tell her which one was over, yes. how long they have? Yes, it doesn't take very long. Just uh, be sure okay. to make an appointment. So, you know, if you, if you, yeah. if you drop yeah. in, yeah, everybody's full. Cool. Yeah, make an appointment, like at 7 in the morning, and that way when she gets there, it'll be the first one we do. We'll roll it in the bacon okay. and do it right then. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, Thank Jeff. you. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, right back to the phone line with Gerald. Good morning, Gerald. Morning. I got a... Uh... 
5.4 Triton mm-hmm. and a uh, F-150. Okay. And I'm looking to find out the proper way to to prime this thing before, before I start it up. I don't want to start it up dry, you know? What's the situation with it? Why is it dry, Gerald? It has been sitting I for a while? I have it down. It's no time to change. Oh, okay, okay. On the later model cars like that, there's very, very little that you can do to prime it because it's almost impossible to disable a thing. I mean, you there, can, there you is, can unplug the injectors if you want it. Well, there's an outside plug. You could actually take the the all-pressure adapter out, okay. and there's an adapter that you screw in there with a hose on it and a pressurized tank on the outside. Yeah. You fill it with oil, you pressurize the tank, and you force the, the oil into the engine. It pressurizes everything, fills all the gaps. You take it off. Put the pressure sensor back in and crank it up. Yeah, but without but without that like type that, of tool, the only, your only thing option. I can see, Gerald, if you could unplug the injectors, you know they're kind of right there on top. But unplug all right. eight injectors and then just crank it. You know, don't burn the starter up, obviously, but crank it for about fifteen seconds. Stop. Let the starter cool off for a minute or two. Crank it another fifteen seconds till all pressure comes up. That would be the only poor boy way to do it. Yeah, I got you. They don't have a distributor on it like the old ones. No, right. no, absolutely not. You can't and, access the pump. Yeah, and, and if you unplug the coils, what you do and see the injectors are still firing. So you're pumping yeah, gas so into the motor, and you end up taking out the catalytic so converter. <laughs> well, you know, at the same time, they probably get a hydraulic lift uh, to uh, speed up on cylinders, too. If pull you gas. could if you pump enough gas into them. Now, it, what it'll do is it's going to fire those injectors a few times, but then when it sees it's not starting, it'll, it'll cut them back. But... Well, Every I would time do, you cycle uh, unplug the, the injectors. That way, you're not hurting anything. Right. Okay. All righty. Okay, man. Thank you. All right, Gerald. Thanks for calling, man. Bye bye. All right, we got to take our second quick little break. Be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. TJ, I've been looking to tone up, man. You have a personal trainer, right? Yes, I've got the guy. Mr. Miyago. <laughs> He's going to teach me how to wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyago's no joke. Oh, sorry. He begins by filling your shorts with wet sand to provide weight resistance and enhance focus. Then launches into a series of drills like crouching tiger, hidden badger, fire monkey, flogging duck, and highly agitated dragon. Sounds kind of extreme. Yeah, brah. Extreme results. Everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for the right automotive guy, it's Ag Automotive. We make it easy. Quality repairs and a staff you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, you get an annual checkup to diagnose problems that could cost you down the road. You will need to sign a waiver stating you are not allergic to pig intestines and live geese. I think I'm just going to hit the gym, TJ, but thanks. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to this joint. It's the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvarez, with Mr. Brian Terry. We sure appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us, and we'd love to hear from you. Why don't you give us a call? 291-6901, and you put the 225 in front of that, you can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We sure wish you would. When Chris called, she made a comment that a lot of people do not understand, and that is overall lowest cost. Correct. Because in life, we have prices. That's the amount that you pay to get something. Mm-hmm. But there's also a cost, which is much more involved than just the price you pay. Just the upfront price. You know, in this area, we're fortunate to have a lot of industry, a lot of right. big industry. We have petrochemical and all that sort of thing in the area. So there are a fair number of folks who are purchasing agents for these large companies because they buy a lot of stuff. Now, 
the reason somebody like ExxonMobil pays somebody to purchase stuff, you know, is why wouldn't they just go out, find the lowest price, and, and buy yeah, that? Right. Well, what a purchasing agent does is he figures out the overall lowest cost. Now, on a mega level, let's say we're buying this natural gas compressor that costs $100 million. And here's another one that costs maybe a hundred million, a hundred thousand, or, or maybe one point five million, whatever the numbers the are. The one that costs more may actually be less expensive when considered over time. Because if this one, the installation is easier on it, the energy cost a is lower. less on it, and the durability is more on it, then it may actually be a less expensive unit than the cheap one. If we buy a cheap one and then we have to spend a hundred thousand dollars to install it. And it doesn't run as efficiently. It burns twenty five percent more energy and it only lasts twenty years. Then it's got a certain cost involved. Now this other one lasts forty years, burns ten percent less energy, and has a lower installation cost, even though it costs more initially, the overall cost of ownership is a lot less. Sure. And I always make the joke, you know, people will say, well, how much are those shoes you, you're wearing? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm not through wearing them. Because if I wear them for six months and they get a hole in them, then they cost me however much. Well, if I paid 40 bucks for them and it lasts six months, then they cost me 80 bucks a year. Right. Cause I gotta buy another pair. If I paid 200 bucks for them, but it lasts me 10 years, well, it's a whole lot less. Sure. So the point is, and how I relate this back to auto repair is exactly the same thing. Basically everything in life is this way. But in auto repair, it's extremely like this. Now, let's just say you look at your car, the the check coolant light pops on. So you look under the hood and you see the water pump leaking. Well, what a lot of folks will do is they'll get on the phone and start calling around, how much is a water pump for Mm -hmm. a blah, blah, blah. Well, you're going to get all kinds of different prices. Now, can you really compare those prices? Not necessarily. Unless you know what each price represents. All right. Because one guy may quote you a price on a rebuilt pump without doing anything but putting the pump on. Okay, well, that's going to be one price. And then the next guy. Next guy he's is going to flush the coolant out completely because the old coolant was contaminated. That's why the pump went bad. He's going to put a new. new original equipment pump on it, and he's going to change the thermostat. Because most of the time, thermostat's been in there, the pump's bad, thermostat's not too far behind, and you end up overheating the engine. Right. Now, that price is going to be a whole lot more. Sure, but, but you're the, getting a whole lot more. But the cost is going to be less because the other one, you're going to put it on, it's going to last about six months, the pump's going to start leaking again, you got to go back and do the whole job again. Or the engine's going to overheat and it's going to blow a head gasket. So you saved 100 bucks going in, but you spent $3,000 right. to correct the ramifications of it. Right. Another example, we had a fella come in a while back and his car would not run. He had a little Honda, it wouldn't run at all. I said, well, what happened to him? He said, well, he says, the check engine light came on, and I got a part code, uh, part store checked the code for me, told me it was an oxygen sensor. So I put an oxygen sensor, and then it wouldn't start after that. Okay, well, he tows the car in, and we start checking. Well, the first thing I notice is that what he's got is an oxygen sensor in an application that calls for an air fuel sensor. It's a very common They uh, will both mistake. screw into the same hole. Sure. And but they operate differently. This was an aftermarket part, so it didn't have a pigtail. It didn't have a plug-in. So what he did is he cut the wires. He wired it in. But it backfed power into the ECM, and it burnt the ECM up. There is why it wouldn't start. Yeah. So 
the original air fuel sensor from Honda that would have plugged right in was about three hundred dollars. Now he went to a parts store. He bought an oxygen sensor for about eighty dollars. Yeah. So he thought he was saving two hundred and twenty dollars. But in reality, what he did, he paid eighty dollars for a part that we have to take out and throw away. So that's completely gone. Right. Then we had to tow the car in, pay for a diagnosis replace the part with the original part that would have cost it cost the same thing now so you're up with five six hundred dollars now you got to buy an ecm which, which is eleven hundred dollars right so what you did in order to try to save two hundred and twenty dollars you ended up spending about fifteen hundred dollars exactly more than you would have spent that's the whole reason behind cost price you you got to know the difference in the two because price is just the amount you pay up front cost is going to be the amount you pay Plus the things it takes to make it work or any damage that occurs as a result, divided by how long it's going to last. Sure. You know, take tires, for instance. You get a set of tires, and you you start pricing, and maybe a set of premium tires costs $800. Well, you find a set of tires for $400. Okay, well, you save $400, but now you got a vibration. So you bring it back, and they mess with it, and then you bring it back again because it's still vibrating. They tell you you need a set of struts, which you didn't need in the first place. They put a set of cheap junk struts on there. Well, now right. you've, you're out probably more than you saved in the first place, but now the car really rides bad. Inevitably, you get the car, somebody knows what they're talking about, until you got four out-of-round tires. And two bad shocks. Yeah, and two bad shocks. So now you got to strip all this stuff off, go back, and put the right tires anyway. Money wasted. Or you say, well, I'll just put up with it. Well, now you end up beating up the rack and pinion because the tires yep. are out-of-round. So you took now out a $1,200 rack and pinion. The car won't drive anymore, so you to, got to fix it now. To save $400. To save $400. You spent thousands of dollars. And, I mean, we see this every, every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. And what it is, because most people are pretty smart, but they're also very busy. They don't mm-hmm. have time to really research and, and look into all stuff. So it's easy, very, very easy to make a choice based on the price. You find the lowest price, and you got it. Now, what makes this more complicated is that many, many things in life are regulated. For instance, if I go to the grocery store and I buy a piece of chuck roast that weighs so many pounds, all I have to do is look at the price because FDA is going to make sure it's not going to kill me. It's going to be safe. It's going to be what they say it is. It's not going to be a piece of brisket. It's going to be a chuck chuck roast. It's labeled. It's regulated. It's weighed. And so... Comparing when, price in that case makes some sense. Well, you're comparing oranges to oranges. Correct. In the other case, you're comparing apples to oranges. Right. If we go and buy a 65-inch Samsung TV model number such and such, and we check five different stores and we get five different prices, all we have to do is get the lowest price because we know it's the same product. It's a manufactured Correct. product. It's standardized. Correct. But on a service, it isn't that way. The service may or may not contain all sorts of different things. Well, and then you get into a point, you're comparing tires. Everybody thinks that tires are tires. Right. Well, they're not. They're not at all. So you're comparing apples to oranges again. You're comparing a high-quality tire to the lowest piece of garbage that comes in on a ship that you can find. And the lowest price is the one that, you know, you're hunting price anyway. Well, it's like there's an old saying, and it says uh, you get what you pay for, and I disagree. You never get more than you pay for. Correct. You don't always get what you pay for, (laughs) (laughs) but you certainly never get more than you pay for. Exactly. So it's not always you want the most expensive, because you may pay the most expensive price and still not get good. You have to know what it is that you're buying and compare it. Barring that knowledge, you have to find someone who knows that stuff 
that you can trust. Exactly. And, and that's, so, the, that's the key. Someone you can trust to inform you that this is the right decision to be made here. And technically, the term service advisor should mean that. That should take it that should. into account. If you're paying someone for service advice, then he should be doing what's in your best, best interest. interest. Right. Now, unfortunately, the way a lot of folks are paid in the automotive industry is on a commission basis. That means they get a percentage of what they sell you. So mm-hmm. a more expensive sale means a bigger profit to them. Sure. And that's wrong for all kinds of other reasons. We're going to take one more phone call, and then we'll talk more about this. we got Al line. Good morning, Al. Good morning, man. Got a quick question here sure. for you. Problem with the air conditioner on uh, 01 GMC Sierra. Yes, sir. The uh, compressor cuts out, mm-hmm. and obviously gets hot, and then it comes back on a little mm-hmm. while later. I've tried to find tried to find out what happens to trigger it, and I can't come up with anything except it seems to be if the temperature outside temperature is about mid eighties or lower, mm-hmm. it rarely ever cuts off. Starting getting above money, it's you almost guarantee it, it's going to stop. Mm-hmm. Now, when it goes, it's just blowing cold. It is as cold as it can be. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then it goes out, it quits blowing. That's right. Uh, it just blows out. Next time it does it, raise the hood and look at the compressor. And you have drive plate on the front of the compressor. See if that drive plate's turning. Oh, I've, I've checked that. Okay. I've got a uh, telescoping light to go down there and put right on the okay. face. Was the compressor the still turning when it quit when it quit cooling, or was it not turning? Well, well it's when it's not cooling the compressor is not turning okay good good the, but, the next but, thing you have to do because you have to determine is this a mechanical problem or is this an electrical problem you can okay. need to get a voltmeter go to that clutch and there's two terminals on top of it one's ground and one's power yeah you need to put your voltmeter across there when it quits working do you still have voltage there uh-huh. because if you got 12 volt across those two terminals and it's not working the clutch is bad. bad what happens oh. that clutch is an electrical call and after so many years, it starts to wear. The dry plate wears. It starts to slip slightly. The oh, hotter okay. it is, the more it slips. It generates heat, and when it does, the call kicks out. Uh-huh. Now, it cools off, and it reengages and starts working again. Okay. So that's pretty common. Now, if that's not the case, if you do not have 12 volts, now you got to start tracing back. It becomes a lot more complicated because yeah. there's a number of things on a Chevy truck that can cut the compressor off. For instance, if the idle is slightly low, in other words, it wants to see about a 600 RPM idle. If it drops to 550, it'll disengage that compressor. And it doesn't matter if it really drops or if it just thinks it's dropping. Another thing, if the engine overheats, it'll, it'll do the same thing. And you're looking at the gauge, and the gauge is not overheated. Well, that's great, but see, there's another that runs that computer that you can't see. Right. If that sensor goes bad and it thinks the engine's getting over temperature, it's going to shut the compressor off. That's, that's the first line of defense is turn air conditioner off. Right. So that's why you have to check the voltage to know if you're dealing with a mechanical problem or you're dealing with an electrical problem. Yeah. So it's hard to get to that thing. It is. it is. It is. Now, so. what you could do to make it a little bit easier on yourself is get down there and put a couple of jumper wires, just you know, back probe them into the terminals and uh-huh. bring them up to a point where you can reach them. Okay, okay. And you yeah. tape them up good when they don't get tangled or anything. That way when it happens, you got a point that you can check from. But you, you, okay. you got you got to know that information because if you got voltage to the clutch, then it's going to be the clutch call, and that is fairly common. But if oh. not knowing that, it, there's about ten different things that can yeah. disable that clutch. Okay, I got you. Yeah. All righty. Okay, that's that's good. That's what I need to know. Okay, I, I appreciate it. Thanks, All right, man. man. Thanks so much. Uh-huh. Bye bye. All right, we're going to take our last quick little break. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. 
Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy, but there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks stand off Louisiana 1, and you have to buy exactly 50.3 pounds. Well, that's oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at Agco Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with Agco's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run. So what kind of seasoning do you use? Oh, I got a seasoning guy too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok? Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm Louis Aldersan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, three tools to try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Give us a call at 291-6901. And that's what CJ did. Good morning, CJ. Uh, good morning. How are you fellas doing? Doing today? great, sir. Doing great. I have a question on the uh, replacing the coolant. Okay. I have two uh, vehicles. One is a 2001 Dodge Durango. The uh-huh. other one is a 2001 Toyota Tacoma. Okay. Uh, both have has uh, aluminum engines and everything in it. Correct. And the question I have, in changing the antifreeze, mm-hmm. uh, the ma- major antifreeze manufacturers that you get off the shelf mm-hmm. uh, states that it's compatible with just about everything. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't use it. I, I will not use it, CJ. The, you know, it's not antifreeze; it's coolant. Coolant. And the nor- the largest responsibility of coolant today is has nothing to do with freezing. It is a corrosion protection because of all these not only active metals but very uh, mixed number of metals similar. in the system. There's a huge, huge, huge issue with corrosion that can total a car in just a little while. Now, what the manufacturer of the vehicles do, they formulate a coolant that is compatible with their engine system. Now, this universal stuff, it is ethylene glycol. It will protect from freezing and has a universal protecting in it. But you don't know what that is or whether that's going to be compatible with all the stuff in your car. So what happens very often, people will go in, they put this universal coolant, and the next thing, the water pump starts leaking. You know, then the next thing, something else happens, something else happens. It's just not worth it. You're not going to save near enough money on this coolant to ever pay for even one repair. What we do, I mean, at Agco, we go through hundreds of gallons of this stuff a year, and we still go back to the dealer and buy it. I mean, some of them we're able to buy in 55-gallon drums. Some we buy in gallons. But I use the original equipment coolant just because it is extremely, extremely complex chemical reaction and you put something foreign in there and you start to get a problem i've seen what it costs to try to straighten that out and a lot of times you can't get all the coolant out of an engine when you're servicing it right so if you get the wrong coolant in it or you get depleted coolant in it that you can't get back out yeah, so you're constantly diluting it with whatever you're trying to, to fix well, it and with you're mixing you're mixing things right. so you don't know what's going to react there because you can't get 100 percent of the coolant out of the engine without taking the engine out the car and turning it upside down and emptying it out so yeah and i I use nothing but distilled water, obviously. Yeah, the, the distilled yeah, water. Just go to Toyota, buy a gallon. Uh, one gallon will do, will do a Toyota and because you can mix it with a gallon of distilled water. Same thing with Chrysler. The, Chrysler uses a OAT orange coolant. Uh-huh. Uh, I just go ahead and buy a gallon of that. I mean, you, 
the cheap stuff at the par store costs you what twelve bucks, and a lot of that the good is, stuff maybe costs twenty bucks. Well, a lot of stuff at the at the parts place you're buying is already diluted. Yeah, so it's already mixed. So you're only re- really buying half, half of a what, gallon, right? So, well, uh, thank you for the uh, for the guidance here, because I uh, I kind of figured what you were going to tell me. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to you confirm what I was yes, thinking. Sir. So, well, you know, I had a good friend of mine, and he says it's kind of like a fishing ski boat. <laughs> it ain't good for either one. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, anything that's universal usually ain't good at anything it does. You know. <laughs> well, I listen to your show every weekend, so um, keep up the good work. And right, I appreciate the advice. Thank you, sir. Good Thank, deal, you. Man. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Welcome. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. All right, two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. We still got a few minutes. You want to call in, and get your questions answered, folks. You know the number of coolants on the market right mm-hmm. now is just obscenely. It is, and again, it's like we were talking about earlier. The overall lowest cost. Correct. Now this one is priced less, but it's so much. It's, it's an insignificant inferior. amount uh, mm-hmm. that you're going to save by going to this. If there's any risk at all, why would you even want to do that? Sure. For instance, if a little bit of the remaining coolant in the engine reacts with this and it takes out the radiator, okay, well, now you've spent hundreds of dollars to save six or eight bucks on a bottle of coolant. Exactly. If it takes out the water pump, because the newer cars do not use the old ceramic seals like the older cars did. Well, the old, real olds had neoprene, but uh-huh. then they went to a ceramic seal. Now they've gone to some kind of a silicon type seal, and the coolant actually leaks a very slight amount that's what lubricates that seal but the old cars the old coolant had silicates in it to lubricate and all that well silicates will eat that new type seal out sure when you buy the original equipment coolant you're getting the exact right product you know that it's compatible with what remains in the engine it would be nice if you could get 100 percent of the coolant out oh it'd be great put new stuff in but even then we don't know if it's compatible with the seals on the engine not only that, but you're changing something. Exactly. You've got a cooling system now that's probably several years old. And it's been working fine. It's been working fine. But there's a certain amount of scale in there. There's a certain amount of this in there, the seals, one thing or another. You put something different in. Mm-hmm. You can cause reactions that can make the thermostat stick. It can make the – I mean, thermostats are bad enough by sticking anyway. Right. Even when you just change the coolant and put the right stuff right. in as soon there. Right. As, as soon as that air hits it, they'll hang up sometimes. But, you know, cooling systems are one of those things that can literally total the car. And you because don't – Because it goes through almost every part of Right. And it's not something you can see coming. Right. I mean, it, it's all of a sudden this starts leaking and you fix that and then something else starts leaking. Well, let's say the, the heater core starts leaking. Well, you know, at this point, you're several hundred dollars in, mm-hmm. so you just bypass it. Right. Well, next thing you know, the radiator's leaking, and, you know, well, it, it's just... You know, I was it, talking to the, the doctor that takes care of my mom uh, the other day, and we were talking about eating and, and food and all. He says, never change an old person's diet. Uh-huh. It's because whatever they've been eating has got them to this point. Sure. You don't change that. And sure. it's the same thing with your car. I don't like changing the type of oil that no, you're using. No, I don't either. You don't put the same thing that's been working. It's been working fine. It's presented absolutely no problem. Why change now? Because there's very little, if anything, probably nothing to be gained by the change. And you are always taking the risk of incompatibility. That something else happens. Yeah. When, right. When something is incompatible, then it causes an unforeseen reaction well, it's just you're not ever going to gain enough exactly to make up for that. So same thing with a car. You'll never change an old car's diet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like even putting the same kind of gas in my vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got stuck the other day. Uh, I was out of town, and I thought it was a name brand, but I ended up getting some no-name fuel. Right. 
and I'm monitoring my fuel mileage, and within the next hour, my fuel mileage dropped over one mile to the gallon. I can believe it. So yeah, I got a digital readout on my dash. I know exactly what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just that little bit. So, anyway, just try to stay with the same stuff, and you'll be way, way better off. There you go. Hey, I see we're just about out of time. Get ready to start winding on up and get on out of here. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service, whichever that might be. Find a written review and fill it out for us, please. Yeah, give us a good review. What it'll do is move us up in the ranking so more people can listen when they type in auto repair. Our name comes up close to the top of the list. So more people listen, more people listen. All we can do to show. There you go. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.